Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. And my name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, mm-hmm. Jeff. Yes. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Um, my back's been out, but it's starting to get better. So, <laughs> Well, good that it's starting to get better. Yeah, it's getting there. We're getting there. Ugh, I hate getting older. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. How about you? How about yourself? I'm pretty good. I'm not old at all. Oh. <laughs> I'm for anybody listening. I am. Uh, I'm older than Jeff. Yeah, just by a little bit, but that, well, like a, a year, year, year and a half, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I, I can't remember if I mentioned it before or not, but my my wife is out of town mm-hmm. at the moment, and we have this weird. I have this weird little tradition that I that I follow, and I don't really know why. But whenever she goes out of town, I make myself an expensive fancy dinner <laughs> every time i always like i get myself a huge steak and then i go i go all out making myself like super fancy food not that i can't do it when she's here right yeah. i can do it anytime i want to i could do it for her as well yeah. or i could just do it for myself that doesn't matter mm. but i don't know i think it was just when she she went out of town a couple years ago maybe two or three years ago and i was like you know i'm gonna buy myself like of an, an expensive steak and I'm going to make myself an expensive <laughs> steak. And then like every time she goes out of town, I've just, I've done it again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, a, I had a similar thing with uh, Skylar cause like she would, she would spend like Saturdays at her friend's house. Mm-hmm. And so I got into the tradition of every Saturday in the morning. Cause like I, like she'd, she'd leave to her friend's house like really early cause her friend would come and pick her up. Yeah. And so like by the time I woke up, she was already gone. So I so I made a tradition of I'd wake up and like go and have a nice meal or something like I, there's a there's a place down the road from us that we, that like has like really good breakfast and actually they have really good all around food but mm-hmm. our breakfast is amazing yeah uh, so yeah just like every Saturday I'd wake up and I'd go and get a really nice breakfast and then I'd and then I'd text her saying ha <laughs> like I'm having <laughs> delicious food but yeah you know she's out having fun and everything like that yeah but she doesn't. Um, like they both have busy schedules now, so like she doesn't do that anymore. So now we both go there. Sure, you know? sure. But but yeah, it's just you, you when you, I mean when you're when you're spending most of your day like most of your life with somebody like when mm-hmm. you have those alone alone moments like it's not like a, oh gosh yes I get to spend my, some time alone. It's more just like it's like well I'm alone. I might as well just treat myself. I get like, you yeah. know, like otherwise I'm just going to sit here being by myself when I'm used to being around somebody else. So sure. it's, 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 you know, it's not so much. Oh, great. Now I get like, awesome. I get to, I get to do this thing. Cause, cause the wife is gone. It's like, no, it's like, I'm, I'm going to do this thing for myself because here I am by myself and I might as well treat myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just like, it's, um, this week is going to be different for me, so what the heck? I'll I'll do something different, right? With yeah. That when I eat, yeah, it's an it's it's an excuse, it's an an occasion, or you know, yeah. You just it's like all right, I'm going to do this thing, and then you're like, hey, that I kind of liked that last time I did that happened, so I might as well do it again this time. Yeah. You know? So on the on the menu, this this is going to be today uh-huh. after, after we're done recording. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> start today. So I have I have a it's like a 1.7 pound. Choice New York strip steak. Ooh. So like a huge steak. It's yeah. like two inches thick. Jeez. It's really, really thick. Uh, and then I'm going to make, I have a copycat recipe for Boston Market's macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. because I really like that. Uh-huh. I have this, it's just like a, a store-bought uh, package of, of, of uh, mashed potatoes, but it's really good. I've had it before. And then I'm going to make a, when we, for Thanksgiving, um, one of my friends that came, one of our friends that came to visit, she was actually on our, what that little bonus episode we did. Her name is Haley. Mm. She made a, this like Brussels sprout salad thing mm-hmm. and it was delicious. So I'm going to make that too. So that, that's all of that is what I'm, is what I'm making for myself. Today. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I think I remember like a year or two ago, you'd, you'd made us uh, I think you made Steve and I like a steak and some like mac and cheese or something like that. Yeah, I think I did. Was that when you guys when uh, we moved into the house and then you you guys brought your computers over and we played Dark Souls? I think it was around that. It was around that time. Okay, it was right around that era, that that time. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was really good. Gotcha. Uh, aside from making myself an expensive dinner, um, I just started my my job. Just moved me over to the new location, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the the 
The facility we're in is really, really nice. It's There's a whole lot of stuff that is much, much nicer than the previous building we were in. Cool. But so far this week, we've done pretty much nothing. The first couple of days were just like orientation. Sure, yeah. And then after that, the supervisors had like this big speech to everybody that was all fire and brimstone. Like, if you do this, you'll get fired. If you do this, you'll get fired. If you do this, you'll get fired. You cannot do all this stuff that you're accustomed to doing because they were really lax about security back at the old place. And so it made us think like, okay, we're going to all be really busy today. And then, no, we basically just went to our break rooms and just sat around for eight hours and then went home, then came back the next day, sat around for eight hours and came back home. Meanwhile, the team leaders are like, yeah, don't worry about that. It's just like at the old place. You'll be fine. Just just don't, you know, just get your job done and <laughs> don't, uh, you know, the job that I was working before is not a job anymore. Oh, no. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because it was literally like six or seven or I guess eight or nine people all essentially doing one thing. And, you know, it sucks that my job uh, isn't a job anymore, but it was an antiquated job that shouldn't have existed for the last 30 years anyway. Sure. And they it's not like I'm out of job. They can just put me on a different job. Right. Yeah. True. Anyway, today we have our second drawing for the free Goblin Stone Adventure Chapel on the Cliffs. Mm-hmm. And the winner this week is Kim H. Woo! So congratulations, Kim H. You should be getting an email pretty soon with uh, instructions on how to redeem that. So all we ask is that you, uh, if you like it or you don't like it, just let Goblin Stone know. Let them know uh, what you thought. Give them a little review. Mm-hmm. And so they can make better products in the future. Yep. Feedback is always good and, you know, keeps keeps things moving. Yeah. And so, Jeff, if they want to, uh, if somebody wanted to enter this drawing, oh, how yeah. they do so? We're going to do a drawing every every week. So. Every episode. Yep. Uh, so just give us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. And, and in the subject line, just put chapel on the cliffs. Yes. That's all you got to do. All right. Jeff, you want to go ahead and get into the episode? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Gabe. Uh, yes. you're you're traveling through a, a dungeon. Ooh. Uh, you've been uh, making your way through this dungeon. You dodged a few traps. You you found a few hidden passages. Ooh. And, uh, and uh, you're you found a little stairwell down. And as you go down the stairs, uh, it's getting the stairs are getting less and less um, uh, defined. It's kind of getting like the like the the tunnel that you're going down is getting more and more rocky. Hmm. As you're getting deeper and deeper, you start hearing. Uh, It's like, what the heck is that? It was like a... It was like, it's like deep, deep breathing or something. So you, so you, yeah. so you, you tiptoe your way down this cavern. And uh, as you get down, you see a little bit of light. And at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the, at the cavern, you, you see, you see a dragon. Whoa. Uh, but it, it's not. It's not sleeping. It's it's not it's not it it doesn't really seem to notice you. Um, it's just kind of leaning on a on a stone slab oh. and does and, it does it look depressed? I mean, it's yeah. Well, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's in a it's in a good place. Mm-hmm. So you you go you'll go up to it and and yeah you you look around and you you see like you know it's got a few things strewn about yeah. you know um you know a few a few like like there's like a sketchbook over there you see like a dragon sketchbook you know? yeah, like, <laughs> of course of course and then you see like a couple like a uh, little like a like a jigsaw puzzle but like you know like there's there's a few pieces put together you know there's a few scattered about you know i kind of gave up on that uh, there's a, there's an easel yeah, uh, you know, with the you know, there's a little canvas. He's got some like a half half done painting. Looks like something from maybe like Bob Ross. <laughs> okay, and and so he, you, it dawns on you that that this this uh this dragon doesn't seem to have anything to do because the dragon's bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I thought that was going somewhere else. All right. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thanks. I thought I thought it was going to be that his his uh, significant other was out of town, so he was, <laughs> so he was bored. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> Good job. Jeff. Thanks. All right. So our item for today was submitted by Damien from Adventures in Aurelia. Ooh, thank so, you. So uh, yeah, go go check out Adventures in Aurelia, everybody. It's a it's a fun actual play podcast. Uh, so this item is a wondrous item called the Dragon Scale Cloak. It's a fairly simple item, but I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's got mm-hmm. some potential. This beautiful cloak 
is made from the hide and scales of a dragon. The look and feel of this cloak depends on the dragon whose hide it is made from. Hmm. The cloak of a red dragon may, may feel warm to the touch. The cloak of a black may appear to be constantly cast in shadow. Ooh. Regardless of the hide this cloak is made out of, the inherent magic captured in the dragon scales allows the wearer, to, the wearer of this cloak to cast mage armor on themselves once per long rest. Hmm. The cloak also grants resistance to the element that the dragon whose scales it was made from is immune to. Cool. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Pretty simple for, you know, like as, as most like defensive mad, uh, dragon made items, it's, you know, you yeah. just get a little resistance to a, to an element based on the dragon. Um, and then, you know, heck, mage armor once once per day, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's pretty handy. And it, it makes it so that it's, this is a good item for non-armor wearers. Because right. I know like in a lot of, in a lot of editions, dragon scale, whatever, would typically be for like a fighter. Or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, like a dragon scale shield or dragon scale armor or something. Yeah. But this is explicitly for someone not wearing armor. All right. Or or not wanting to benefit from armor. So yeah, I I, I see it as like you know, it, you know, like a caster who can wants to free up a slot because like yeah, like of course you're gonna want to take mage armor in most cases. So sure. Like, but so it's like, but that's a slot that you have to dedicate to mage armor. So at least in this case, once per once per long rest, you can throw one on, so you're not using up a you know a, a spell slot that otherwise could be used for something offensive yeah um i mean like you know and then who doesn't like the flavor of dragons oh so, i know like that's, that's really cool so i mean like you know obviously like the red dragon be warm maybe like a white or a silver dragon could be cold yeah like so it's just a little cool to the touch which you know wouldn't i guess depending on the dm wouldn't really have like a huge like mechanical benefit like mm-hmm. maybe it's like if you're traveling through a warm or a, a warm environment and you're wearing the silver dragon one, it, like you might stave off like exhaustion or something yeah, a little bit yeah. longer than everybody else, but not by a ton. Um, or like, let's say it's like a gold dragon mm-hmm. uh, uh, cloak, and it would give you a mustache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the little, the little like, the little like whisker things that they got. It just give you a couple little whiskers. Yeah, I was thinking maybe the the copper dragon cloak. Uh, is constantly playing pranks on you. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's Copper true. dragons are really playful like that. I thought, I thought it was going to be like, if you're wearing the copper dragon one, you keep finding, like, pennies everywhere. <laughs> sure. Or you, like, you just, like, pennies. Or if you have copper pieces, they just, like, fall out of your pocket all the time. You're like, dang yeah. it. Gotta... Or they get stuck to your cloak and you don't realize it. <laughs> I thought true. I had, like, 12 copper. What happened? <laughs> Maybe the silver dragon, uh, you... The, the cloak constantly looks like it's better than you. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, oh, the, wait, no, the silver cloak would be like, you know, like when bad things happen, there's like, a, there's sort of like a somewhat good thing that happens with it. Okay. Like a silver lining. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, I, I was actually, when I first read this, I was thinking like a black or I guess maybe more like a green uh, dragon seal cloak would just like, smell kind of bad oh sure like yeah. green dragons is all like the like poisonous gas right yeah they live in like the swamps and stuff yeah. like that yeah so maybe it would like smell like Forest chlorine or something yeah they did yeah Ugh. yeah Ugh. yeah so i think that's a it's a fun little item i it does make me think of steve's character in the age of worms campaign mm-hmm. age of worms thing. i don't know if i've used that one in a long long time mm-hmm. anyway um in that campaign you guys killed a black dragon and then Steve took a bunch of its scales and made a magical shield out of it. Yeah. But a lot of the items that he made were intelligent. Were intelligent and then they would like turn into something else. So like the the it would it would look like a sheet cuz it was like a a floating shield, it was like an animated right, yeah, shield. Yeah, yeah. It would it would become an animated shield, but then it would also it would turn into like a cat or right, something yeah. that would like follow him around. Yeah, it was just like a little little like house cat sort of thing, but like it had like very dragon like features. And yeah, stuff and like it, that. It, it I always pictured it as looking like it was made of a bunch of scales. Like someone mm-hmm. took like a bunch of dragon scales and like sculpted them into right, yeah, a cat. Yeah, I always pictured just like the scales kind of like when it turns into the shield, it kind of like the scales kind of like like fly apart and then yeah, come together into yeah. a shield form or something like that. And then otherwise it's just a little kitty. He had the cat shield. He had yeah. uh, his, his armor was 
once a golem. It was. And so, yes. and then like his armor, he made that intelligent. So his armor was also a, basically an, an intelligent item that was <laughs> once a golem. So it was yes. as if he was just like wearing the golem as a Iron Man suit sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his axe was just, it was intelligent. That was the first one that was intelligent. Right, yeah, yeah. And it loved to eat stuff. I don't remember if it had like a different type of creatures persona or whatever yeah. but i mean eventually it did like eat like a dragon thing or something like oh that. it ate all sorts of stuff it, yeah. <laughs> lots of gravy yes <laughs> so. um yeah anyway so i, I think uh, i think this is, a, this is a fun item and it's it's simple enough yep. but still really cool yep that's not gonna uh, not gonna be overpowered but it's mm-hmm. some nice flavor and you know like you said like where dragon scales are usually like yeah you get dragon scale armor for your fighter mm-hmm. you know here's something dragon scale for like a caster or yeah. you know or a monk or something I, I never played it, but there was a uh, there was a D&D video game called Dragonstone, mm-hmm. I think. I remember I watched Jay play it, and there was, like, one of the big bosses in the game. Not the last boss, but, like, near the end, there's a big boss that's a big red dragon. And then after you kill it, in the next level, you can give your fighter character red dragon armor. Nice. And I, th- I always thought that was a nice, uh, a nice yeah. touch. Um, all right. I think that'll do it for the Dragon's Horde. If anybody wanted to submit items for us to discuss, questions for us to discuss, or funeral pyre stories for us to discuss, how would they do so? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. All right. And before we go any further, I want to announce we have a couple more uh, a couple more patrons awesome. have donated to our Patreon. So we want to give each of them a thank you right now. So first, we want to thank Crit Academy Woo! for pledging. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And then we also like to thank Giuseppe, which is an awesome name. Uh, <laughs> yes. But we have to, yeah, thank thank them for uh, yeah donating. Yes. Awesome. Thank you to both of you, and that'll uh, provide a nice segue into the next section. Before we talk about questions, I want to uh, I want to tell everybody to go ahead and check out CritAcademy.com. Yeah, it is a uh, another podcast here on the Crit Nation Fellowship, and if you check them out. They've got great content every episode for players and DMs. Mm-hmm. They've got like a player tip. They've got a DM tip. They've got an encounter idea, a character idea, a magic item idea, and a monster idea. So lots of cool stuff from them. Also go and check out D&D Character Lab. It's another podcast on the Crit Nation Fellowship. They're a great podcast, Garen and Dan. They make characters and then, you know, pit them up against each other and see which is better. Yes. Uh, you want to get into some questions? Sure. Cool. Our first question comes from Typhon58 on Enworld, and they ask, where should I draw the line between rule of cool and rules as written? Yeah, I, this is something that I think uh, this is going to be largely opinion-based. So, sure. you know, I'll, I'll like we usually do, I think I'll try to, uh, to give differing viewpoints. Um, but I guess let me give a little bit of, of background. The, um, the person that sent this in, Typhon58, they, they gave a... There's there's a little bit of, of backstory to this question. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were saying that they joined a group where the the DM is really trying. It really works hard to make all of the players really powerful. Sure. And uh, so, like all the players, their AC is really high. They all have like special abilities and stuff. And then because their AC is really high and they're really hard to kill, the DM throws more powerful monsters at them. Yeah. And then the more powerful monsters eventually lead to players getting killed. But then when players die, the DM doesn't want them to be dead. He wants them to be, you know, having a great time. So he like gave them a ring of true resurrection once per day. So, so there's, it's just like a whole, it's a big, a big pile of stuff that if you're on board with it is going to sound awesome. Mm -hmm. And if you're not on board with it is going to be like, why are we even playing this game? Right. So there's, there's kind of a lot here. And I, I would say I fall fairly strongly on one side of this. But, you know, when you're playing the game, I guess the the important thing is that everybody's having a good time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. If everybody is having fun, the game is going well. If But the thing is, if anybody is having a bad time, really for whatever reason, if anybody's having a bad time, something went wrong and everybody should be working to fix that. Right. You know, of course, some people are going to take things too far and some, some people are going to get upset over things that... They really shouldn't be, but if one person is upset for whatever reason, there's some sort of a clash going on. Mm -hmm. So if a DM wants to run a game where he wants the players to feel awesome 100% of the time, you know, that's fine. Like if, if the players are on board with it, that's fine. Yeah. But any story, any movie, any video game, any anything 
has to have different levels or it's eventually going to all seem it's it's going to it's going to lose its appeal. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine if you're playing a game and every single moment of the game you are on the edge of your seat using all of your your attention to try and, you know, dodge whatever, to jump around, flip around whatever. That's going to seem really cool at first. Mm-hmm. But eventually the game has to give you a little bit of downtime. Sure. Or similarly, let's say a game is really, really difficult. If it is always really, really difficult, that's a problem. But if it's always really, really easy, that's a problem too. Yeah. You got to have times where the game ramps up the difficulty. Yep. But then after it's ramped up the difficulty, it's got to pull back a little bit, let you feel really cool for a little bit before it becomes really difficult again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of like, not necessarily game design 101, but like that's something that... that Every kind of every all kinds of media need to realize is that you got to vary up the experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess like if if you're in a game, if if you're running a game and you want the players to feel really cool, that's fine. But don't make it so they always feel really cool. Right. If if you try to make them feel really cool and then it sort of begins to backfire and then you try to compensate and then the players don't feel cool anymore, you know, maybe let them not feel cool for a little bit. Right. Ma- yeah. Maybe let them get beat down and then make them, you know, let them build their way back up. Right. Yeah. Like that, the, one of the cooler feelings in playing games is when you like, after getting beat by something, mm-hmm. you come back and are able to overcome it. Like, yeah, that's when you feel the coolest is when like, okay, this thing I know is hard because it, killed me the last time right and then i come back and beat it and it was it was kind of easy i was like wow i i can't believe i did that that's really cool yeah so you know like when <laughs> when i tried to play dark souls for the first time that's, that's where my mind went to abby goes the taurus demon mm-hmm. and uh it's just like i was like i can't i just i can't beat this guy guy yeah. and like and i just feels impossible i gave up i want to say for like three months and then like i came back and tried a few more times and eventually got it now i will say the first time i killed it was sort of an accident did it did it fall off the it bridge fell off the bridge <laughs> but yeah but i survived long enough for it to fall off the bridge there and you I was go like all right and then it gave me the that gave me that like i feel cool boost and i gave me the momentum to get to keep going through the game yeah yeah it's it's you know that series gets a lot of uh, uh, a lot of criticism for being like really really hard. You yeah. know, I've, I've got opinions about that, but that's for a different discussion for a different day. Um, but the best feeling in the world is when you you go through the game and it's really hard. Maybe you just barely get through, and then a little while later you play it again. You start over and you get through with no difficulty whatsoever, or mm-hmm. or just at the very least, like you you know exactly how to do it. You can see how well you've progressed right, since yeah. then. That's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, a lot of games do that where, you know, you like the first boss you fight is like, oh gosh, this is so tough. And then like later on in the game, like towards the end of the game, mm-hmm. you'll fight that same boss again, but as like a mini boss. Yeah. And like sometimes they, they'll even add a few things, like more things to that fight. And like, so it's like, okay, but you're able to deal with it a lot better because you're more equipped for it, of you know, with equipment from the game and you just know how to deal with it better. So, but it's like, it's sort of, a way for the game to show you, look how far you've come because here's this guy that you struggled with to, at the beginning, but now at the end, this is just this is just another guy. Yeah. Like it's like, oh yeah, I've, I've dealt with this before. I can handle this. Right. So, so, so like, yeah, if you're if you're, but if you're like if you're like, oh, I can handle this all the time, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. But I mean, I guess in this in this in their situation with the with like the the ring, it's more just. It's more just like there's like there's less consequence like the yeah I I think the the ring itself is is just kind of like that that is a a side effect of the the type of approach that the DM I'll I'll get to that a little more on that later but that's that's just a side approach of that's a side effect of how the DM is approaching balancing the game it's right. like well I'm trying to do one thing that didn't work so I got to go way on the other side and do this thing oh that didn't work so I got to go way on the other side and do this thing um so. You know, like another part of this this question, I, I with with the question, I kind of um, there there was a lot to it, and then I kind of trimmed it down to to be this question. But another part of it was like, what should I do when 
the the DM has a completely different view on game balance than I do. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a little bit, there's a lot to this question, a lot to this scenario. That's kind of a bunch of questions all in one. Um, but a lot of people are going to have different opinions about this. I, when I play the game, and when when I play the game, and when I run the game, I prefer the game to stick to the rules as much as possible. I, you know, of course, of course, I understand there are times when the rules just don't fit the situation. Right. There's times when you like when what you want to do doesn't work in the rules, so you got to make up something new, or or even just you don't like the rule, so you got to make a new one. Yeah. That's fine. I'm I'm a hundred percent for that. I understand there are times when that happens. That being said, there's there's the expression rules are made to be broken. Right. I hate that expression. <laughs> I think a much better expression is the rules are made to be followed until you have a good reason to break them. Sure. If you have a good reason to break a rule, if you have a good reason to make up a new rule, by all means do it. But if your first approach when you look at a rule is, oh, I'm just going to make a new one. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, then why are you playing the game if... If you're not going to at least try to make the best of the rules that are there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So so when I'm when I'm running a game, I try to stick to the rules. There are times when I will, you know, depending on how new the players are or, or just how lighthearted of a tone I'm going for. Sometimes I will completely toss the rules out the window. But when I do, it's not just because, oh, I don't like that. It's because I want something specific and this rule isn't going to let me do that. Yeah, I think... Uh... Like it's not, they're not obviously not as catchy of a, of a saying. And so it's like, instead of like rules are meant to be broken is like, it's like follow rules until they break and then make a new rule. I suppose. It's like, you know, like if that rule doesn't work and it break and it breaks and like, if that rule, if that rule gets broken, then mm-hmm. you have to find a new rule to fill that void, I guess. Yeah. So like, you know, just so it's just so if it just if a rule just doesn't work for what you're doing, then yeah, yeah, you got to find something else that works instead. Yeah. And you know, if what you're doing is trying to have a like a really cool time, then you might need to like kind of bend the rules a little bit and you know and make make the game a little bit more exciting or more powerful or whatever. Sure. Um, this this kind of reminds me of uh, I mean, we we've definitely done something similar where like. We we make ourselves pretty powerful, mm-hmm. and it's it's usually in the case that like we have a smaller group that yeah. we, that we normally play with, so we kind of have to like balance it out. But in, you know, in those cases, sometimes like bumping up the like bumping up the power of the monsters and stuff we fight is is a way to deal with that to kind of balance it out. But it's yeah. also this is also kind of dealing with like the whole power creep thing with like the little with, bit with the splat books and everything because it's like you want. Like you want your players to be able to use all these cool things that are in the books and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, but like in a lot of cases, it's going to make them really powerful. So you have to use those books and other things to make the, the adventure a little bit more difficult to match. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I I feel like like the rule of cool is it, like if it is is basically just like you know letting your letting your players do what they want. And be the super powerful things that they want to be, and then right. just kind of adjusting to it. Yeah, for for anybody who's not familiar with rule of cool, rule of cool is when something doesn't make sense in the rules, but you do it anyway because it's cool. Right. And like I can totally get behind that. I I I have no problem with with the idea of the rule of cool whatsoever. I, if if I ever come off as that much of a curmudgeon, I do not mean <laughs> to. Um. But yeah, like like you were saying in thir- in three point five. We would have campaigns where our characters were so powerful. Yeah. But that was number one because we knew the game very, very well. If I was running a game where the players were really powerful, I knew how to adjust for it in a way that wouldn't lead to them getting killed all the time. Right. And that that did not come easily. That came after years of playing the game. Sure. That was number one. And number two, 3.5 was a lot harder to – it was a lot harder to break – in a bad way. Like you could, you could, there are all sorts of things that let you break the game in a good way, but yeah. the numbers were so high, no matter what you did, that it was really hard for the players to get so powerful that you had to use, you know, unbalanced monsters in order to yeah. combat them. Yeah. Fifth edition. I, I guess I don't actually know for a fact that this person is in fifth edition, but I going by the context, I, I think it, I think they are in fifth edition. 
there there are it's very easy to break the game in a bad way because the game was designed with certain things in mind. AC, for example, which was one thing that was specifically called out by uh, by Typhon fifty eight. AC is meant to be very low mm-hmm. in fifth edition. It's possible to have it's even possible to have a first level character with a really high AC, but you have to like if you get that quote unquote really high AC, like that's as high as it's going to get ever, right, pretty yeah. much. And there are still ways to combat that even at low levels. Right. And like, yeah, if you spend, if you basically make your character around the AC, like that's, that's kind of be, that's going to be all there, there is to that character. Pretty much. And you're, there's not going to be much room for improvement on the AC, for, at least for a very long time. So mm-hmm. like if you're, only trick as your character is that you have a high, very high AC. There's not much else to you. Yeah. But even with a high AC, there's st- like in fifth edition, like a high AC is only so high. Yeah. And you're still going to get hit. Like it's still going to happen. So like if, if that's all your character can do is just have a high AC, it's like, it's not going to, it's not going to do very well. Right. So when I, you know, when we talk about how we played a third edition campaign where our characters were really powerful, like that is, that is different because, Number one, we had a lot of experience with making that not a problem. And number two, it was harder to make it a problem to begin with. Sure. So in fifth edition, it is a lot easier for that to become a problem. So so in general, fifth edition isn't meant isn't meant to to have problems like that. Mm. So if you do let your players have all have really high ACs, and they were talking like the the bard had a really high AC, the wizard had a really high AC. Huh. And so so if the entire group is all really, really powerful in that regard, the game is kind of gonna gonna suffer a bit yeah. because of it. So so you know, if 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 you aren't equipped to break a rule, if you don't have a good reason to break a rule and you don't know the repercussions of breaking that rule, I would say you probably shouldn't break that rule, even if you might think that it's gonna make the game more fun. Now, when I'm playing a game if I don't feel like there is a challenge, I'm not going to have fun. Mm. I I don't play D&D so that I'm always going to win. I mean, like, I hope I'm always going to win. Right. But if I don't feel like there's a chance I'm going to fail, then all enjoyment in the game goes away. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I hate it when people cheat in D&D. Because it makes me feel like there is no longer any stakes. Sure. And therefore, the game is not fun. Yeah. You know where there are going to be stakes, though. I'm pointing at my stomach. <laughs> Sorry. Game's got food on the brain. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, so not having any stakes is a problem. Not not feeling like there is a challenge is a problem. Yeah. And the way that you maintain a challenge is by keeping the game balanced. If the game isn't balanced, even if it's like one character is really, really powerful, that is that is very likely to make the game less fun for other players. Yeah, for sure. Even if the players think like playing a game where I'm always winning, that that feels really fun at first. I want to say there's a Twilight Zone where there's this guy who is like a gambler or something. Oh, and he right, gets hit yeah. by a truck. And then like he wakes up and he's in a casino. And then he's like, oh, man. And then he goes and he, he throws that he rolls the dice. And he wins. And he's like, yes, I'm in heaven. And he keeps rolling the dice. And every time he keeps winning. And then he realizes, I'm not in heaven. I'm in hell. Right. Because yeah. the, it is, this thing that he lived for is no longer giving him enjoyment because there is no stakes anymore. There's right, no yeah. chance of failure. Yeah. Every 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 slot is a is a jackpot. Exactly. And all that. Yeah. Where it's just yeah, like everything you you win every time. Right. Um. But yeah, like you know, yeah. At first, that's like, it's like I'm 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 great at this. But you know, like anybody who who's like develops a skill or something like that. they're always looking for like a new challenge and, and, and everything mm-hmm. like you, like you don't like, you want to strive to be the best, but like being the best is probably the worst thing that can happen because then you have nothing to strive for anymore. Yeah. And I mean like the human brain kind of counteracts that. I mean like a lot of times, uh, a lot of times like, like when, like, you get that you get that high of like doing something good or whatever like that and then like and then like you immediately get the drop you immediately drop back down you're like oh okay well i did that thing great where's the next thing like, yeah i gotta find the next thing yeah so like there's there uh, your brain kind of messes with you in that way that like so like 
and and that's part of it is like when you when you have these like really strong characters and it's like yeah this is really cool but then like yeah you just start like there's a there's a there is a drop off in excitement as as to like you know how powerful your character is and so like the only way to deal with that is make your character even more powerful exactly and then, yeah and then you just kind of get way out of control at that point and you know there's only so much there's only so high a number can go before you're like all right it's just a number like <laughs> right yeah I, I remember a long time ago. Um, someone showed me, this was in third edition, somebody showed me a, somebody had statted out uh, Lavos from, oh, yeah. from uh, uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically just, they took a Tarask and then they just increased all the, they literally just like added multi- zeros. multiply, yeah, they just added zeros to all the attacks. And they were like, oh man, isn't this so cool? And at first I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then I was like, oh wait, no, it isn't. It's, yeah. it's just, you just kept increasing the numbers. That's, yeah, you just made the number bigger. Like the, the, like adding zeros to the numbers doesn't change the flavor of the, of yeah. the monster. You know, it just, just makes it, okay, it's just going to take 30 turns to kill rather than <laughs> right, 20. Right. And I, I don't, I wouldn't look at a monster like that and be like, oh man, this is going to be an intense fight. It's going to be, oh, okay. Unless we are also adding zeros to our numbers, we're just going to die. Yeah. There is no overcoming that. And then once we have those numbers, once we have all those zeros too, well, then I guess it's just a fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's just get rid of the zeros. Anyway, so so it may feel like the game is fun. And if it feels like the game is fun, don't let me ever tell you that it shouldn't be fun. Right. If you're enjoying the game, that's fine. Uh-huh. I, I, I nor nobody else has any place to tell you how you should or should not enjoy your game. Like mm-hmm. just everybody think about that for a moment. Nobody, including me, can tell you you shouldn't be having fun. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell you that what you're doing that you are finding fun shouldn't be fun. You can't, we can't say that. If it ever seems like I'm saying that, I don't mean to be saying that. (laughs) But if something feels fun now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to feel fun next week. Mm -hmm. And if you are having your fun this week by setting up a bunch of stuff that is going to make things harder to balance, then next week when it is less fun and now you're having to deal with all those issues balancing everything, it's not going to be so fun. You, you yeah. know, you're going to wish that you hadn't done all of those things in the in the first place. Yeah. So try and think ahead. Is this going to be fun after we've been doing it for a little while? Maybe, maybe not. But just, you know, try, try and look ahead. I would just say, like, unless you have enough experience with the game to know your own likes and dislikes, to know whether this will be a problem for you in the future. I would say try not to make any big changes. Mm-hmm. Try not to make the party super powerful until you know that you as a DM or you as a player or whatever can deal with that on a long-term basis. Or just make sure that you have a an escape plan in, in mind. Right, yeah. Maybe just have a little talk with the group and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and run this really powerful game. If in a few weeks it's not very fun, maybe let's you know, dial it back a little bit yeah, yeah. Or, or something. I mean, that's not a very exciting conversation to have, but <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember with the, with the, uh, with the Lich Queen's beloved, where we were basically making epic level characters, every yeah. level characters. Well, I think we like started at, like level 18 or something sure, like sure. that, but it got into epic levels for sure. The, the most fun I had of that was just creating the character. Yeah. You know, and then like the, you know, some of the battles were pretty, were pretty cool and epic, but like, yeah, like I definitely had the most fun, like building this really powerful character and like, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. And then like, you know, when I got to it, like we were fighting equally powerful things and I was just like, ah, oh, man, like, I don't know, this is just, this is just brutal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, power, power is fun in, in, in like on paper. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. having powerful characters and having like all these abilities and stuff is always fun in paper, but then like you, you throw it in, you throw it against something that's balanced for it. And like, it's either just like, it takes forever mm-hmm. or something can just be over too quick. Like, you know, yeah. like it's just, you, you are just so powerful that like even putting it up against something that's equally powerful, like that thing just had a weakness against the other thing. Right. Cause a lot, a lot of times when you're building really powerful stuff in D and D, you're like, you're typically you're min maxing. Right. And you're, you know, so you're, you're sacrificing one thing to make another thing really strong. So it's like, I'm not going to be using uh ranged weapons. So what do I need a dex for? What do I need a good, dex, sure, sure. you know, dex for, but then like, but then you come across something that makes you do a dex save and like, you're like, Oh crap. Like I spent all this work building this character 
that's supposed to be really strong, and he died because he couldn't make his deck save. Right. That's that's yeah. I um, I have a, a bit of experience with DMs who you know they they kind of like are constantly rubber banding between making things too difficult or too easy or whatever. Mm-hmm. In I think it was like episode eighteen or something like that. We I talked about the worst DM I ever played with. Oh yeah. And in that campaign, I would say that was that is very similar to this. Not necessarily that he made us feel powerful, but it was that he he really wanted to have a large group, but then because he wanted to have a large group, he had to have really powerful monsters. But then because the monsters were were killing us, he would say, oh, you guys have, we, you've got like eight people in your group. You should be having no problem with these monsters. And it's like, there's only four players here and you gave us a bunch of NPCs and we're playing with characters of people who aren't even here. That's why we have so many people. The game is just, the yeah. game doesn't work as well. It's, it can work, but it doesn't work as well as easily if you have a really big group or a really powerful thing. You should try to do what 5th edition was designed to do, and that is to keep things relatively small. Yeah. Now, you know, 5th edition, I think the suggested party size is like 5 or 6 or something. Mm. But again, those numbers are meant to be low. So if you are going to facilitate making those numbers really high, higher than the game necessarily uh, is designed for them to be, you have to know that you are able to, to deal with that. And if you make your players really powerful and then you realize, oh, I can only challenge them if I put in really powerful monsters... And then the monsters ends up killing them too quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe instead of giving another Band-Aid on that gaping wound, maybe you should go back and say, hang on, let's stitch this up and let, let's start from the beginning. And let's let's try and make this better. Sure. Now, in the the example with my worst DM, I would say that DM probably thought he was having a lot of fun. Like <laughs> in his mind, he probably was enjoying that. Right. It was probably all rule of cool to him. He, in his mind, he was probably seeing it all as I'm going to make this really, you know, this group have a really awesome group of adventurers. Yeah. They're all going to have a great time fighting these horrific monsters. But in the end, it was a problem. Even if it wasn't necessarily a problem at the beginning, it became a problem. And he wasn't well equipped, regardless of how many years he had been playing the game. He was <laughs> not well equipped to deal with that problem in a manner that didn't cause more problems. Mm -hmm. And that's something, hey, all of us run into situations like that. I've run into situations like that. So you you have to try and learn from the problems that you run into. Even if you have to completely scrap a campaign because of it, at least you'll know not to make that mistake again in the future. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion on whether you should follow the rules as written mm-hmm. or whether you should sacrifice the rules for rule of cool. Yeah. What, whatever you choose is fine, but you you got to know what's going to work for you. You got to know what's going to work for your group and you got to know how to fix a problem if it becomes a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go, going back on a, on a rule change and stuff like that is really tough. It is. It is tough. But unless you want the game to get worse. Yeah, exactly. You like, know, sometimes yeah. you have to. That, yeah, that's why it's tough because it's much easier to make a new rule to fix the one that you changed before and yeah. then you make a new rule to fix that one. It's like, so like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's easier to do that than it is to, you know, just say like, Hey, all right, that change we made at the beginning, let's, let's go back on that. Cause that's just not working. Yeah. You know, cause you don't want to like, I don't know. You don't want to back you like nobody wants to backtrack. And especially when it comes to like giving your your players power, like, mm-hmm. you know, you give them this cool thing and they're like, sweet, cool thing. And then you're like, you know what? No, what? never mind. Let me get let me take that back. And I don't know, like, yeah, it's the whole like you give them a magic item. Oh, the magic item's too strong. Well, it gets stolen in the night. It's like, oh, OK, great. Right. Thanks for that. Fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You want them to struggle. Yeah. So that when they overcome that struggle, it becomes a good. Th- I I don't know. Like I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of confusing this with like this. Like I'm kind of just confusing this with just like power creep and stuff like that. Or it's yeah, just, I mean it, it's it's a it's a related issue. Yeah, for sure. Like in like the the rule of cool isn't you know always exactly going to be that, but right. You could you could even kind of think of um, power creep as being the writers of the books are like, hey, this would be awesome. Yeah, let's let's rule of cool this ability. Sure, sure. But they don't necessarily think about the long-term repercussions of this 
this this ruling of cool, gotcha. I guess. And so, you know, that's something like, especially if, if you're creating a product, there's maybe an incentive to, to you know, we talked about it. There's yeah. an incentive to come out with something that is really cool. But if you want your product to be long-lived, if you want your campaign to be long-lived, maybe throwing out rules of cool here and there aren't necessarily going to be good in the long run. Yeah. Because then you're going to keep having to one-up yourself. Sure. Yeah. This is sort of related. There, There's a, a book series that I really like. It's called the, the Percy Jackson series written by uh, Rick Riordan. Sure. And it's a series of books. It's very much... Harry Potter, but Greek myth instead of yeah. uh, instead of magic. Yeah, yeah. Very, you know, very, very much. The two series are so similar. It's it's written for a, a relatively young audience, but it's 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 well enough written that you know I'm an adult. I'm 32 years old, and I, I still enjoy reading these books. The first there's like uh, five books in the series deals with you know oh no if they don't stop this bad guy he's going to destroy the world or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Standard standard fare in yeah. like a young adult fantasy whatever. Right, right. That the it's uh, it's not. It's not the same section, but it's near the section in Barnes & Noble of teen paranormal <laughs> romance. Yes. <sighs> um, but then, so so there's this one series of five books, and then that series ended, and then the writer went on to write another series that takes place in the same universes, mm-hmm. and the same universe uh, involves some of the same characters. But the problem with that is, well, okay, the last series was about if they don't stop the bad guy, he's going to destroy the world. So I guess if they don't stop the bad guy this time, he's going to destroy the universe. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not really what the conflict of the second series is, but it takes everything, all of the stakes from the first series. And they're like, well, we got to make this more intense. It can't be that he starts off small and then gets bigger. He has to start off big and then get even bigger and then even bigger and even bigger. Yeah. I I think in a lot of those cases, in a lot of cases like that, where like the second, the second in a series or something like that, when the characters, when the main character starts off where they left off in the first one, mm-hmm. where they're usually like, they've come into some power or something like that. Yeah. The second, like in the second installment, it's like, well, we can't have that take away the power. And that that actually happens right. very, very much. I might have even mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't know. But in the first series, I won't give any spoilers, but one of the characters, uh, the main character, gets an ability that makes him virtually unkillable. He's virtually in- invincible. Yeah. And then in the last book. And, and then at the end of the book, when I found out they were coming out with another series that he was going to play a part in, I was like... That is so awesome. I want to know how they're going to make the story interesting if one of the main characters is invincible. Yeah. And then the the way they did that is the first time he's introduced in the second series, up oh, he lost that ability. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Like, yeah. It's that sort of it's a real buzzkill when that happens. You're just like, oh, man, like because you want them to have that power because it's really cool and you want to see what they can do with it to make right. it still. It's like like how like you know it's like okay, they can't be killed. But that doesn't mean they can't be like trapped, yeah, or something like definitely. that. Like, like you know, when in 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 my in my childish brain, when I'm thinking like, if I had three wishes, you know, like <laughs> it's like if I had three wishes, or it's like it was like, what if I wished for immortality? And then you got to think of like, okay, what would come with that? It's like, all right, just because I'm immortal doesn't mean I can just walk around and do anything I want, yeah. Because oh, I you know, throw me in jail. Mm-hmm. Okay, crap, I'm in jail, <laughs> right. And then I'm just there until the walls rot, you know, like it's like and then I can I can get out once everyone around me is dead and I can just, you know, and then like, oh, okay, everyone who around me has died. So I can't get out because no one's here to let me out. So now I just have to sit here and wait until the stone crumbles. Yeah, I I feel like I read a short story a long time ago about a guy who became immortal and it eventually. Well, the world has uh, been absorbed by the sun millions of years in the future now i'm just floating out in space yeah well look at my non-existent watch i guess i guess i'm just gonna float out here for eternity right yeah it's like well it's like well i mean like in that case it's like well wait how did he get away from the sun i don't, I, know. I don't know i, I don't like, remember the details right yeah it's like if he, well, the he, sun eventually collapsed on itself and now he's no he's just like i was like well now i'm inside the sun i can't die yeah. Uh, uh, it really hurts, though. Yeah, it's hurt. Yeah, it burns. And uh, a lot of pressure. Yeah. In fact, uh, need Tylenol. Oh, there's no more Tylenol <laughs> anymore. Uh, I could use a drink. Nope, no more drinks anymore. Yeah. Well. Uh, and I, I don't want to... So so I was just saying that, like, 
I think that it was lame that they took away this powerful ability that one of the characters had. Yeah. I want to just uh, just cut this off and say that there there is a... Di- I'm saying this is different than giving a player a powerful ability and then taking that away. Yeah. That's fine because the player himself has agency. The, the DM is not in 100% control of what the player does with that ability. In a book, if one of the characters is given a super powerful ability, the writer is in control of that. It is up. The writer is is very much able to find ways to make that still an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's different. I, I don't know if anybody was listening to this, and I just I pride myself on being consistent in my logic. Sure, I pride myself sure. on acknowledging when there is a, a inconsistency. An inconsistency. Yeah. So I just want to make sure everybody knows that I that, that I, I mean those as two different things, <laughs> two different situations. I may sound wrong, but let me tell you that I'm not. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can disagree with me. I just want to say that it makes sense in my head, and here's why I think it makes sense in my head. If you disagree with that, fine. But, you know, I don't ever want someone to to call me a a hypocrite without me having called myself a hypocrite first. Right, yeah. (laughs) So um, let me ask you, Jeff. Right. uh, If you're in a group and the DM is using rule of cool too much or too little at what point do you bring it up to the dm <sighs> or do you bring it up to the dm do you do you just live with it or do you maybe just quit i don't know cuz that that's kind of another issue that uh, that um that typhon 58 brought up in right, in yeah. the you know the description of the issue sure sure um i don't know i i, I personally like avoid confrontation so i'd probably either just put up with it or just stop showing up to to this to the sessions yeah if it became a problem like if it if it wasn't something i could just put up with like if i absolutely could not put up with it but like i'll put up with a lot to be playing D D with 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 friends sure. like even like especially if it was if it was like you that was going overboard with it like I'd put, I'd probably just put up with it and just be like, all right, we'll do this. And like, we'll, you know, we'll play another campaign later on. And then, mm-hmm. and then like when the next campaign starts, we'll be like, Hey, let's not do that again or something. Okay. So I personally wouldn't bring it up till the next campaign, <laughs> I <laughs> that's, see. but that's just, that's just me. I mean, like, but if you have a problem with it to the point where it is just no longer fun, yeah, bring it up at that point, like just bring it up, be like, you know, you know, but don't. Don't let it simmer for too long. You know, yeah. don't wait too long. Like, ask yourself, is this a problem? And if you can at least, you know, somewhat answer yourself and be like, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I like this. Then maybe bring it up then. And we've talked about before. You don't, you know, don't need to bring it up at the table. Right. Send the guy, send the, the DM an email. Like sure. that's, you know, you know, that's, it's the, that's this you know, very passive thing to do like, you know, but don't, you know, don't be passive aggressive and be like, man, you shouldn't be doing this or, yeah. you know, just be like, Hey, that like, this is something that's come to my attention. It's not, you know, it's not quite as fun doing it this way. You know, what, what do you think about going back on this rule or that rule or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, um, yeah. Yeah. With me, I think I, I would act similarly. I would, I would be more likely to just quietly leave the campaign than to say anything. And the reason being is that um, if if the DM is running this this way, like that's probably the way, that's just the type of game that that DM wants to run. Right. And, I, you know, like I said earlier, I'm in no place to tell that DM that their way of, of wanting to play the game is wrong. So I would, I would probably view that as a, just a difference in expectations. He wants a type of game. I want a different type of game. And so... I, I would, unless I was really enjoying the campaign, mm. except for this little issue, I would probably, yeah, I would probably just, just bow out. Um, if I was, if I really, really liked where the campaign was going, except there's just too much of this. Right. You know, I, like you said, I, w- I would probably try to contact the DM after the session, send him an email saying, you know, hey, no offense. I hope this doesn't uh, come off as, as you know, like a huge problem, but right, yeah, not trying to be like a rules lawyer. Exactly. Like, like but yeah, the, the game is less fun for me when, you know, when, when this happens and this happens. Yeah, and so sure. On. So I, I would, I would try to word it as much as possible as, you know, this is the type of game that I want. So is there a way that we can try and compromise? Hmm. And I think, I think it would also depend on whether I got the feel of whether other players had yeah. issue with that too. Yeah. 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 If, if you're 
unlike me and don't mind bringing stuff up mm-hmm. like that. Be be the you know I mean don't necessarily speak for others, but but keep others in mind when you do talk to the DM. You know yeah. it's like if 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 you do notice that maybe this person doesn't seem like they're having quite a good a good time you know as good of a time as as anybody else is like you know maybe I don't know don't bring them up by name I guess I don't know like you yeah. just you don't want to create conflict what uh, what what type of conflict Jeff uh, I guess I guess it's not inter-party conflict but you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more inter intergroup intergroup conflict, conflict right yeah uh, ding but you know like you know try to try to bring that up to the DM that like hey you know it doesn't seem like everybody's doing well with this mm-hmm. maybe we should change back or whatever yeah and i whether what i did was was completely uh justified or not but like in when i dealt with my my worst dm i didn't deal with it by talking to him because i wasn't you know that was that was the type of game he wanted i wanted a different game i i bore him no ill will at the time but one of the other players who had been very vocal about being unhappy with the way the dm was running things yeah i contacted him and said hey if i start my own group would you like to to join me. Right. And he was, he said emphatically, yes, yes, I would. Yeah. And then it was the DM's actions after that point. Right. That caused that, the That issues. really caused the, the, the issues. Yeah. So, um, so a different thing there, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the line between rule of cool and rules as written, it's really going to vary for everybody, but I just, I recommend that you stick to the rules as written as much as, as possible until you are really well equipped to deal with them. Yeah. I mean, heck, you're probably not going to become well-equipped to deal with them until you break some rules just because. Mm-hmm. So if you have to break some rules, go ahead and do it. But be prepared for for what is probably going to happen. If people get unhappy about it, you know, be prepared for that. And if, if one of your players does approach you mm-hmm. saying, hey, I wish we would stick more to the rules, don't take offense to it. Don't, don't act like my game or the highway, you right. know. You're all there to have a good time. That as a DM, I don't have a good time unless everybody else is having a good time. Sure. Not yeah. all not all DMs are like that, but mm-hmm. you know, you're all putting in your time and your time, you know, you're setting aside time to come and and show up to the game. So, try and compromise as much as possible. Try and figure out how everybody can have a good time. Right. You know, we're all hopefully we're all friends and hopefully we can all have fun. <sighs> All right. Uh, well, I think that'll do it for for the question today. Okay. So now I want us to um, let's uh, let's take a deep breath. <sighs> uh, I think that was a, that was a yawn yeah. coming from Jeff over there. <laughs> yep. This kind of stretch. Okay. Well, while you're stretching, stretch over there and okay. grab another log, and let's toss it on the funeral pyre. Chucked it at it. <laughs> All right. So our uh, our funeral uh, our funeral pyre story for today comes from David via Facebook. Mm-hmm. This is a you know we've had a lot of short ones. I, I put a, a question on Facebook a while back, and a bunch of people gave some some pretty good, pretty concise uh, yeah. funeral pyre stories. This one is doppelganger shifted to look like me. I crit failed an attack and hit a party member. Party assumed I was the bad one. Oh no! <laughs> and now, Jeff, you had a an experience playing as a doppelganger. Is that correct? Well, right, yeah, yeah. You had uh, you had had my character captured or something, and then a doppelganger put in his place. And yes. just you, you, you. Took... I, I approached you beforehand right. and said, "Hey, would you be okay with me replacing your character with a doppelganger for one for a couple sessions?" Yeah, yeah. That was that was a pretty good time. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, let us raise a glass in memory of this uh, doppelganger's doppelganger. Right. Huh. Clink. <laughs> Wait. Was that the doppelganger? Maybe I'm the doppelganger, Jeff. Ah. Well, I think that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the funeral pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, a running list of questions asked, and important links, go to interpartyconflict.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, or our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash interpartyconflict, where I post weekly discussion questions for you. We're also on Twitter at inpartyconflict. 
We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you feel like donating, we have a Patreon now mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. Uh, we've got some good rewards on there, so go and check them out. If you can spare a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month, you can get some rewards for those. And anything you give us would go towards making the show better. Yes. Jeff, you want to tell us about FriendQuest? FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. Um, we do have our survey at bit.ly slash interpartyconflict. Mm-hmm. If you take the short survey, just ask you about... You know, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Um, and then if you take that short survey, it takes just a couple minutes, you'll get two free board games courtesy of Tom and Mary at hollandspiel.com. Yes. Also, as we mentioned earlier, we do have a free giveaway for uh, an adventure from Goblinstone Chapel on the Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to enter that, just send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with Chapel on the Cliffs in the subject line. Yep. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, until next time, remember to, uh...